Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HR Works Podcast, brought to you by HR Daily Advisor. I'm your host, Josh Zygmunt, Content Director for Simplify Media. The HR Works Podcast provides clear, relevant, and actionable information on topics that matter to you, the HR professional. When you're armed with the best practices and strategies to attract, retain, and engage top talent and deliver exceptional service to your organization, HR just works. In today's episode, we're joined by Jenna Everhart, Senior Vice President of Human Resources for Health E-Commerce, a consumer health and wellness advocate and online retailer. Jenna brings over 15 years of human resources experience, primarily spent throughout the retail industry. Prior to joining Health E-Commerce in 2019, her career path included stops at companies such as the TJX Company, Gracious Home, and Jay McLaughlin. Now leading the human resources team for Health E-Commerce, Jenna oversees the strategic direction of one of the company's greatest assets, its people. We've asked Jenna to join us today and help us dispel that common, all-too-frequent misconception that plagues members of the HR community. And that's the idea that your HR department are the fun police, always taking the side of the company and rarely that of the employee. But let's get Jenna introduced today before we tackle that myth. So Jenna, welcome to the HR Works Podcast, and thanks for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you. Excited to introduce you to our audience as well. So let's get started there. Um, if you don't mind, can you take us through your career path a bit and really tell us what led you to pursuing a career in human resources? Why HR? So I quite literally fell into human resources like probably a lot of the professionals have. I don't think you wake up one day and just say, I want to go into human resources. Usually someone kind of encourages you or pushes you. So that person was actually my aunt, who is my mentor and um, someone I'm very close with. And it was winter break of my freshman year of college. And I didn't want to go back to babysitting. I didn't know what I was going to do to make money during that break. And she said, we need help in the HR department at a, a small startup technology company. Why don't you come work with us for a few weeks? And Uh, We'll see how it goes. Well, I never left. I was there for two and a half years. Um, I went to Northeastern University, which had a co-op program. I did my first co-op there. So I worked full time for six months and really fell in love with human resources. I was extremely impressed with my aunt. Um, She was the same person that I knew in the workplace, Uh, professional, friendly. Uh, People really respected her. They came to her frequently to ask questions, seek guidance, looking for advice. And I I really aspired to be an HR leader like her. Um, I then went on to dabble in financial services. I then went into tech and then I fell into retail and fell in love with retail. I am a consumer day in and day out, like a lot of us are. And I really fell in love with the ability to be an HR business partner, be an HR leader in an industry that I was passionate about as well. Um, I always remained a generalist. I liked having my hand in all the different HR pots, whether it's talent management, benefits, performance management, um, compliance, legal, all that type of stuff within HR and continue to grow in my career. And the past few positions, I've been the head of HR and I've really built out and run departments, which is also a passion of mine of really seeing an opportunity and taking it and running with it. That's great. Tell us a bit more just about what you're currently working on as Senior Vice President of Human Resources with Healthy Commerce. How big is your team? What are some of the key objectives you guys have going into 2023? Sure. So I am very fortunate in this company where I have a very robust team. There are three people reporting into me. I have an HR manager, an HR specialist, as well as a recruiter. And each of them uh, brings a different skill set to the team and a different passion, which has really rounded out my team. We are very focused on talent management right now. So retention is top of mind for my team, as well as our entire company. It's been challenging out there. It's competitive. 
we have to assume that our employees are being called LinkedIn message every other day. And we are focused on keeping the organization a place where people want to be. They, they don't even want to take that call because they love the work that they're doing. They love the team that they're a part of, and they love the company that they belong to. And they really feel like they fit in with our organization. So it's overall talent management is our number one priority this year. I love that. And thanks for sharing that, Jenna. It's creating that employee experience. like As you mentioned, creating that experience that no one wants to leave where they won't even consider those other options because they love their time and feel valued enough as an employee. Certainly a goal that a lot of members of the HR community are sharing right now in trying to understand that employee experience. And that brings us to the topic we want to tackle today, and that's the misconception of the HR department. What are the common misconceptions of the HR department? And how can HR leaders and their teams really help change that narrative of the relationship with employees? That's such a such a great topic. And again, something that I'm so passionate about. And I've, I've been fortunate to work at companies where um, HR has really had a seat at the table. But the common misconceptions out there are that HR, we're the fun police. We are the ones that are watching everyone, judging everyone, uh, writing down notes about what, how people are behaving at the company holiday party, that we are the handbook followers. If someone takes three minutes too long in their lunch break, that we're writing that down and, and communicating to their manager that they took a, too long of a lunch break. Um, and the list really goes on from there. I think one, the common phrase and the historic phrase of referring to the HR department is really the personnel department. We maintain those employee records and that's all that we do. There's certainly so much more to it. And again, at the end of the day, you're all employees. Again, the biggest misconception that jumps out to me is your employees who are working for your fellow employees and working to create that great experience at an organization, being a part of an organization. It's certainly a narrative that is out there that is not uncommon to HR professionals, but I think there's some really great steps that can be taken to change that narrative. So what are some of those steps that HR teams can take to improve the relationship building skills with employees and managers and just improve their overall communication throughout an organization? I think it really comes back to basics with this one of forming relationships. I think from the very beginning, whether you're part of the interview hiring process, uh, being a part of the onboarding so that you really put a name to a face and really start forming that relationship from day one. I think it's important to be approachable as an HR professional so that people feel comfortable coming to you when they have a question, they have something going on, maybe they're having a challenging time with their manager and they... Um, want to come to you to seek out that advice and that guidance. The last thing that that we would want is to not have that relationship and to interact with someone for the first time when it is a negative experience, because then um, they're not as comfortable. They may think that you are siding with the manager, siding with the company. Um, but I, I feel strongly that whether it's me personally or someone on my team, that we are connected to every employee in our organization and that there's always someone that the employees can go to when they have questions, concerns, or even just to share kudos about what the company is doing. We'd love to hear that as well. Yeah. The words that stick out to me are relationship and experience. You're really creating and building a relationship with your employees and creating a great experience that starts from oftentimes day one as you're screening prospective employees, hiring, bringing them into a group, onboarding, and then continuing to create that relationship. I think if that can happen from day one, there's certainly going to be a trust that's built over time and using communication as a as a key to keep building that relationship, keeping that relationship strong, certainly seems like a way to 
dispel some of those myths that maybe you're always, as HR professionals, always taking the side of the company, but instead that you're there to support the employees and create that great experience. Definitely. And and like you said, uh, we are all employees. I'm an employee of the organization. I like days off. I like summer Fridays. I like having a robust benefit package. I like the perks. I like the seamless credits that we give. I I embrace it all and, and I'm excited by all of it. So why would I not want to create a, an organization that I want to be a part of and that I would want my friends and family to want to work at? Right. I mean, I think you've got Toby from the office to blame for so much of it. But again, <laughs> beyond that, it's really just, again, looking for ways to create that connection with both the employees and managers and provide that support. Uh, and there are certainly some great ways of doing so. What have you seen just in your time as an HR leader that have really helped create those connections with your fellow employees? I think over time, um, having the ability to have one-on-one conversations with people, managers, or individual contributors, I think that has come a long way being part of the onboarding program. So creating those robust calendars and partnering with the hiring manager Um, having a seat at the table. So being part of the executive team is extremely important to me in any organization that I've joined in any position that I have taken being, having a seat at the table, it accomplishes two things. So one it's optics. It is telling the organization that HR is important, that the people are important. And the second part of that is consistently reminding our leaders that while we may have the best strategy, the well fake strategy in the world, we cannot accomplish that strategy unless we have the right people in the right places at the right time and holding them accountable. Do we have the right people on the team? Do we have the right resources? Where are the gaps in the team? It's okay to have gaps. It doesn't mean that the team is failing or that the individuals on the team are failing. It means that we're recognizing that everyone is not strong in everything and that there are areas of development for our employees and there's a way to solve for those gaps and and make sure again, that we have the right people on the team to execute that strategy. Sometimes we forget that we are human and that we all have very busy lives. We have very, very full plates and um, keeping the leadership team focused on that, that, that we're people and people are executing strategy. I love that, right? It's that seat at the table approach as HR leaders, you're the representatives of the people's best interest in many operational discussions where, again, other groups may have focus on the operational success or bottom line. You're able to represent the best interest of the employees and what's best for the overall experience. I think that's so crucial and such a great asset for employees to have members in the C-suite supporting them. For sure. All right. So a lot of times we're looking at technology and certainly technology has played a prevalent role in our current state of the workplace as so many of us have moved to remote or hybrid models, have learned to really work and embrace technology to move along just our day-to-day work. But how is technology playing a role in changing that perception of the human resources department and really increasing the efficiency and effectiveness of the HR department and HR processes? So I think there's two different sides to technology. There's, yes, very much the technology that we use every single day now. Our company is 100% remote. We do not have an office anymore, and we rely on teams all day, every day. Uh, We've done a phenomenal job of being a video-friendly, video-first organization. And I'll I'll give you a very specific example of something that I never would have thought of pre-pandemic is the way the use of video allows individuals to really form those relationships. When we had our first all employee 
gathering last April. It was the first time that people have met in person, the first time people had seen each other in a really long time. And I looked around, there was hugging, there was handshakes, there was smiles, there was laughter. People were so excited to meet in person. And it was like they had known each other for 10 years prior. I was totally expecting to look around and see a bunch of wallflowers and and people like timid and nervous and not sure who's who, but everyone knew who the other person was. And it was super exciting to see. Then there's the other side of technology, which is communication tool and platforms. We rely heavily on our internet um, and our HRIS to communicate to our employees, to give them the tools that they need in order to be more knowledgeable, whether it's benefits, questions, policies, um, what's what throughout the organization, newsletters, things like that. Um, A lot of times an employee will have a question. And even if they have the best relationship with their HR counterparts, they may be nervous. Maybe they're trying to have a family or maybe they're newly um, pregnant and they have some benefits related questions that they don't really want to come out and say just yet, but having the technology there and that portal there to actually seek out the answer to their question is extremely helpful for the employee. Understanding holidays, understanding, um, again, the different benefits and perks that we may have or discounts through the HRS uh, partner. Um, There's a lot there that they can seek out on their own if they know where to find it. Yeah, the beauty of a lot of the HR tools that are in the market right now really emphasize the self-service component, which can only really help build the relationship further between employees in the HR department because you've got that additional time to commit to focusing on pieces that can't be answered through HR tools. (laughs) It really goes back to committing the hours that you've got available to helping uh, build a better employee experience. That that really seems like the advantage to embracing technology right now. And it's a great time to do so when there are so many great tools out in the market. Definitely. Definitely. And you're empowering them to learn and educate themselves and then be more informed when they do actually have that meeting to uh, ask further questions, clarify questions, instead of just having that deer in the headlights look of, of when you're kind of throwing a bunch of information their way. Yeah, there's value in empowerment there. Absolutely. I like what you mentioned first with technology and that experience that so many of us have had when coming back to the office after being fully remote. When, yeah, it really was like picking up again with with old friends and people you were very familiar with, many of whom you maybe hadn't met ever in person. And having that first in-person experience, it was certainly different. I can speak to it from my own experience, starting in a new company over the pandemic stretch and again, not having met anybody in person, but working with them for over a year. It's a bit of a different experience because again, you do feel very familiar with people that you've never actually met in person. It's a unique communication tool. It's something that probably we wouldn't have been able to pull off in earlier times. We didn't have the technology to be able to have video conferences and Zoom calls and Teams calls to really make it a seamless process. For sure. For sure. All right. So looking now at leadership teams, how can leadership teams in the C-suite members better utilize those internal relationships that are being built between HR and their employees? What's important for leadership team is to embrace the partnership and to form the relationship from their end as well. Um, I think relationships, as we all know in our our lives, are two-way streets. Uh, Relationships are not one-sided. So we, as HR professionals, really rely on on the other side, that business partner, to see us as a partner and to 
seek out the the guidance and the advice um, as much as we can be proactive and have those monthly check-ins. It's really up to the partners. We don't know what we don't know. So it's really up to the partners to keep us informed and, and not surprised. You don't you don't ever want to surprise your HR professional or your attorney. Um, you really want you really want us on your side from the beginning because we can help coach and guide before it gets to that uh, three alarm fire. So I, I think it's um, I've always operated under a don't say no. So if someone comes to you, whether it's a leader in the organization, people manager, individual contributor, if they come to you with a, a request, listen, understand what they're trying to accomplish, what are their goals. And unless it's breaking the law or um, something very extreme, try never to, try not to ever say no. You can respond with maybe, you can respond with an alternative or a solution. Um, but I felt like that, I found that that has been successful for me in forming those relationships from the beginning. Because I think a lot of time when leaders or just people in general have that misconception around HR, they just think that they're going to go to HR. HR is going to tell them no, they're going to have to jump up and down. They may have to go to their boss. Um, go around HR to get whatever it is that they're trying to accomplish. But by having those relationships and setting the tone of, of what we're trying to accomplish is really important. Yeah. You, you don't necessarily position yourself as a blocker. That's certainly important. And it seems like you really get the opportunity, especially as a C-suite member of the human resources department to be a conduit for feedback, both from the C-suite to employees and from employees to the C-suite of really what the pulse is of the organization Yep. HR professionals are unique in that we are fueled by feedback. So we get feedback pretty regularly from any person in the organization that we talk to, whether they mean to come share feedback or they're just sharing feedback in regular conversations. We look for trends. So if a couple different people are sharing that they're stressed or that there's a lot of work or that they have no idea what they're supposed to be working on. Um, we can look for trends and, and I can bring that information back to the leadership team and not have to ever use names um, about who said what, or not have that employee feel uncomfortable of complain or feel like they're complaining to the leader of their department. If they bring up something that might be a little bit more negative where I can look for those trends and also exit interviews. We, we conduct exit interviews with every person leaving the organization. And I very clearly look for trends. I've, there have been times where I've pulled in a people manager and I said, you've lost two, three people on your team. Here are the common themes of, of feedback that was shared. And please, please do not try to figure out who said what that's not important here. What's important here is that we learn from this and that we take this feedback and make the department a better place. And and really um, understand what we're looking for as we recruit for these backfills uh, and also set up an onboarding plan that will set them up for success so that they don't fall into these same traps that, that the individual's leaving experienced. Yeah, I love that. That The exit interview is so crucial and a great opportunity to really get essential feedback from employees who are leaving. What are we doing wrong? What could we be doing better? What are we doing right, too? There, there could be positives that you take out of that as well, but really getting a good, honest read from uh, exiting employees, that's a great opportunity. 
I, I love what you said there too, fueled by feedback. I, I always like to share with my teams feedback as a gift. That same idea, right? You can learn so much and use the feedback so efficiently and so effectively when thought of that way. So yeah, thank you for that, Jenna. That's great. So as a C-suite member and an HR leader, what do you feel really makes for an effective HR leader at the table? Listening, uh, first and foremost, uh, understanding what are the challenges that we have, what are the goals and objectives of the organization. Being a true business partner, you need to understand the business. I've been in organizations, technology space, where we're on day one, you have that moment of, I have no idea what they're talking about. Listen and learn. Um, I think it's really important that you understand what drives revenue, what drives profitability, how do we we grow and continue to be a profitable organization, What, how do the different functions contribute to the overall strategy of the company. So then that way, when you're having conversations with the different leaders, you really understand their function. Could I be in marketing? Probably not. Could I be in finance? Probably not. But I understand the general direction and the responsibilities of those functions so that I can contribute to the conversation and I can help to really mold and, and guide the, the culture of the company through the, the functions and the strategy. I love that mindset. You don't necessarily have to be the subject matter expert, but understand how the pieces work together, how the business operates and really what makes it tick. I think when you can understand the business, that'll only make you an effective leader, regardless of your department, but certainly it seems to bolster HR leaders and really make for a really effective role in the C-suite. So yeah, thank you for sharing that, Jenna. That's awesome. Looking at the HR team in general, where can the HR team make the most impact and support the organization the best in 2023? That's a great question. Um, I think... Because a lot of companies are experiencing retention challenges, um, even though we daily see these organizations having large layoffs and um, it's, it's super sad to see, retention is key. We've learned as an organization that turnover is a huge distraction to the company. So not only do you have a void in your team and, and in your company, those that are still on the team, their workload is increasing they don't have that person that they can go to anymore. Maybe they are having that pause moment of why everyone is leaving around me. Should I be looking for a new opportunity too? Is, is there something that I'm missing? So we can really contribute to retaining our employees and understanding what would make them leave and what makes them stay and providing that feedback back to all the different, the people leaders. I think Individuals have a hard time hearing feedback or when you generalize and, and share those those trends that I talked about before. I think leaders sometimes are quick to think, oh, that doesn't apply to me. My team loves working for me. My team loves being here. I haven't lost a single person in the last six months. I don't think anyone is going to leave my team. You never really know. And, and there's value in retaining your employees and having them through your busy season, your low season, your planning season. Because once you've really gotten that full 12 months under your belt at an organization, you feel more experienced, you can contribute more, you feel more productive, um, you're way more efficient and way more confident in what you're doing and, and you're continuing to learn and develop. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it really goes back to corporate culture too and creating that great experience that 
helps fight against turnover. I think that's a challenge. As you mentioned, even at the start, that's something that your team has been focused on and really trying to, to create a, a great environment that goes against attrition and, and really can help retain your talent. So what's something that HR teams can maybe introduce into their corporate culture, introduce into their day-to-day to really boost and energize workers across all levels? So culture is a really interesting one. Culture, some misconceptions around culture is that either it's one of two things, either the HR department defines the culture or your CEO defines the culture. What people don't realize is that we all really build and develop the culture at an organization. We all contribute to it. We all make it better. We make it worse. Most cases, we, we try to make it better. But really, if we're we're sitting behind a screen looking for someone else to tell us what the culture should be, that's not, we're not going to get anywhere with that mentality. Um, culture is, yes, your core values, but it doesn't mean that your core values are on the wall in the office. It means that you're living and breathing your core values. We utilize our core values with our performance reviews. So we have them as our, essentially our core competencies throughout the organization. We use them through our recognition platform. We use Bonusly. And in order to recognize someone and give them points, you have to attach a core value to it. Um, Culture is showing up, culture to events, whether you're so busy and that it's the last thing that you want to do, it's important to the organization that you're contributing and and that you're present. Um, Culture is prioritizing your work some days and prioritizing your home life other days because work-life balance is, is important to everyone. And it doesn't mean that you're balanced every single day. Some days your, or some weeks your, your work will pull you and other weeks uh, your personal life may, may pull you. So I think every day that we show up at work, whether it's, it's virtually or it's in person, um, understanding what culture do you want to be a part of and how can you contribute to that culture is first and foremost. Yeah, it's kind of changing the mindset of culture and not looking at it as a poster, right? Culture is not a poster. It's it's something that's living, breathing, and that everyone is contributing to. That idea, I love that you said, was that it doesn't just come from the CEO or just from, from a department who decides what the culture is. It's the entire workforce really playing into it. Uh, if one person says, yeah, this is going to be the culture and no one else follows, it's falling on deaf ears. It's not going to work. It's everyone leaning in and really understanding that they, they play a role in that. That seems to be what drives and boosts and creates a positive work culture across the board. Absolutely. All right. So what's something you're excited about right now in the world of HR and people operations? So I'm excited right now about really living and breathing the new normalcy. The past three years have been extremely difficult for HR professionals. We have, it's almost been like the Hunger Games. Every time we turn around, there's something new thrown our way. Um, HR departments are resilient. And I would say that the past three years, if you have been part of an organization that maybe didn't understand or respect the HR function, um, now they do. So uh, it's, it's allowed HR to really build some momentum that we are important. We contribute to the organization. Um, there's been a lot to navigate that is not right or wrong. So whether it is, um, was the very early stages of the pandemic of, do we send people back to the office? Do we stay remote? There were individuals that needed to go back to the office. They wanted to go back to the office. There were others that were like, never make me go back. Um, And a lot of times leaders would look to me and say, what are you going to do? And I would quickly respond, what do we want to do? What is best for our organization and our people? 
I'm excited um, to hopefully be able to learn from the last three years and uh, establish new guidelines, new foundations within the HR field. I would like a little bit of a break from the the external noise for maybe even the next six months so that we can really continue to be proactive and strategic and not reactive in what the heck is going on now. Um, but I'm excited. I, I Our company is thriving. We have amazing people on our team. We are, like I shared earlier, very focused on talent management. We have a lot of tools that we're rolling out in order to empower individuals to take their career and their development um, in their own hands and really drive that. We're training our managers on how to have those those career development conversations and give feedback, that candid and frequent feedback. So I'm really excited about the next six months next year. Yeah, I'm excited just hearing it. And again, I say often in the podcast that it's a great time to be in HR because of just all the changes that are taking place where the HR team is driving and right at the front of those decisions being made and, and what the workday looks like for so many employees, what the direction is for organizations, as you mentioned, Going from the pandemic and onward, it's the HR department that's making those decisions and helping come up with the strategy going forward for organizations. So it's there's a lot to learn and there's a lot to still grow with. And that can be really exciting just looking at those new opportunities. So speaking of learning and growing, I mean, what's something that you've learned about yourself over the past few years that you think has made you a better leader? I have learned that I can do anything, but I can't do everything. And there is value in delegating. There is value in communicating to your direct reports, asking for help. I think that one is critical. Um, And with communication, it's, hey, team, need to check out. Kids are sick. Need to reschedule a meeting because just got a call that um, need to pick up child from school. Um, and relying on others is, is something that can be difficult for a lot of people because you're putting trust that someone else is going to get something done the way that you want it to get done. Um, but accepting that, that help is really important and that delegating to your team is really important because how else can they learn if they don't have that, that opportunity to, to do something on their own. So really empowering your team, trusting your team, trusting those around you and really leaning on your counterparts too. Um, it's, it's been a challenge for me because I, I was a team of one for many, many years and just kind of got used to doing everything myself. And now that I, I have such a strong team here that they're always looking for how else can they help? What else more can they do? What else more can they, they take on is really encouraging and refreshing and, and helpful to me so that I can, I can prioritize what I need to get done. I love that. Right. Even though you can do it all yourself, you don't have to do it all yourself. And that can be a tough lesson to learn, but so great to hear that that was a, a big takeaway from the last few years. So thanks for sharing that one, Jenna. And do you have any professional advice that maybe you've leaned on throughout your career? Again, shared over 15 years in human resources. What sort of professional advice have you received along the way that you could pass along to our audience of HR professionals to maybe help them out and pay it forward? I think if we think about our department being human resources, putting more emphasis on the human aspect of what we do assume positive intent, assume that when something is going on that that's not normal or, or not standard, seek to understand, seek to to learn what is that, that employee going through? What is that manager going through? How can we help them? How can we come from a place of support and encouraging 
And at the end of the day, we can do everything in our power. And sometimes it just doesn't work out. And that's okay too. Um, let people go in the kindest way possible, help them uh, land softly on the other side and know that, that yes, it's the hardest decision from our department guiding these conversations and managers making those difficult conversations when it ends up in maybe a negative situation that everything does work out in the end. That person may end up somewhere else where they, they are a better fit or a better experience or um, so just, just really own that the human side of human resources and everything that you do in, in your day to day in your career and, and know that um, people mean well, people want to help people, I think are, are naturally kind. Um, so, so treat them with respect and, and clearly communicate and have those, those conversations as, as easy or difficult as they might be. Assume positive intent. That's great advice. Thank you for that, Jenna. So again, we're here with Jenna Everhart, Senior Vice President of Human Resources for Health E-Commerce. Jenna, do you have anything you'd like to share with our audience about either health e-commerce or anything you're excited to be working on? And certainly if you want to share with our audience where they can learn more about health e-commerce, now's a great opportunity. So Healthy Commerce is a phenomenal organization. So a lot of people, um, when I first joined the company, when I would meet uh, HR professionals at different networking events or different conferences, they would ask me, um, what do you do? And and we run the websites fsastore.com and hsastore.com. It's one of the reasons why I joined the company is because I actually found out about us um, when I was a uh, a FSA holder and I had money to spend and I stumbled upon the website and I had a phenomenal experience and saw the job open and, and couldn't wait to apply. Um, but we run those, those websites and everything that we sell is FSA or HSA eligible. So sunscreen, pain relief, over-the-counter, feminine care, all of that product. Uh, we feel strongly about compliance and we um, only sell eligible items so it's an awesome website. Our team does a great job curating the best assortment of eligible items and very easy to shop, very easy and quick delivery. Um, so check us out online. But for us HR professionals that believe in benefits and believe in FSAs and HSAs and often hear from employees, well, I don't go to the doctor, I don't have any prescriptions, or I don't understand medical insurance, so why would I even think about an FSA or HSA? The minute you say, do you buy sunscreen? Do you buy... Um, Tylenol and they respond yes, then yes, you you need an FSA or you need an agent to say, why wouldn't you want to buy it with pre-tax dollars? So so check us out at either fsastore.com or hsastore.com. That's great. Yeah, that's absolutely a great asset and tool for so many to use to make the most of their benefits. So yeah, thanks for sharing that, Jenna. So again, we're here with Jenna Everhart, Senior Vice President of Human Resources for Health E-Commerce. Jenna, before we let you go, this is how we close out all of our interviews. And it's all about motivation. So when you wake up in the morning and your feet hit the floor, what's the one thing that gets you motivated to start your day? That is a really great question. Um, looking at the day ahead and, and what I can accomplish is what really excites me. Uh, again, whether it's a, a Monday morning and I have a full work day ahead or it's a Saturday and I get to spend the day with my kids. Um, I usually have something every day that I look forward to. Um even if it's it's something small, it's just looking forward to my coffee that day. Uh, just having, knowing that there's there's something positive in every day. That's perfect. That's a great way to get started. So again, Jenna, thank you so much for joining the HR Works podcast. Thanks for helping us break down the myth of the HR department and understand that they're there to make the employee experience not be the fun police. So 
uh, again, such a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for coming on. Hopefully we can have you back, but uh, until next time. Thanks, Jenna. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to the HR Works Podcast. Be sure to check out our new episodes every Tuesday. Follow us on all major streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Audible.